Welcome to No Apology with the Bible Idiots. We're Chris and Emily Danielson, and we are laughing louder, digging deeper, living larger once again on this bright early Monday morning. It is. It's yeah. Monday, December 6th, 9.09 a.m. We start recording episode 235. And we are glad that you've chosen this podcast to spend some time with. Hey, this is only going to grow if you tell your friends, if you subscribe, if you follow, whatever it is, wherever you get podcast content, just search Bible Idiots. Emily and I want to talk to you today about uh, a few things that have come to our attention in our little discussions that we have while we're driving around. My mom came and visited this weekend, so we picked her up from the airport, and we've just been really, really busy. I mean, like a swamped, fun, exciting, (laughs) but exhausting. Boston weekend. Yeah, isn't that the way it is? It's it's either, you know, boring and quiet and nothing to do or you know, just way too much to do and you're yeah. in over your head and you feel like you're just paddling to save your life, but that is such a good feeling when it's all said and done. You look back, you kind of feel accomplished. You feel really at rest. When those big things that you have ahead of us, yeah. uh, have ahead of you, are just all of a sudden in the wake. Well, my it's daughter sent me a meme this morning, and we've been talking a lot about why can't people see certain things? How are some saying they're trusting science when they're not really trusting science? Others are called conspiracy theorists when they're just literally looking at what has been reported. And so it's a picture of Bugs Bunny holding a rose, and it says, I wish many conspiracy theorists a very pleasant, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and so the question is that Emily and I have been noodling around with, talking back and forth with for longer than just this past weekend, but it really kind of came to a uh, point this weekend where why can't we see things before we see them? And there's an old phrase, you're no longer de- you're only deceived until you're not deceived anymore. Right, yeah. And when you have that epiphany, when you have that eye-opening experience, what is it in certain ways? Well, we know the biggest one that people can possibly have is when their eyes are open to the ways of God and they recognize themselves as a sinner with no way to save themselves. And that Jesus Christ lived the perfect life, died the sacrificial death, rose again from the dead to have victory over death, hell, and the grave and offers it freely to people. And when your eyes are open that way, it's an yeah. amazing thing. That's number one. Well, and I always think in terms of like just the busyness of life, a lot of times it's like you don't hear the birds singing because what you hear is cars going by and the TV's on and the da 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 and your phone is ringing and that's why you don't hear the beautiful tweeting little bird outside your window. Yes. You have to drop it all. You have to lay it all down. You have to put all that stuff aside in order to hear the cricket or hear the tweeting bird. Yeah. I think a lot of what has to happen is a humbling, a true authentic humbling before your eyes and ears can be opened. When you're not in a humble state, your eyes and ears get shut up. And I've got a text um, out of the scriptures to prove it. And I'm really debating whether this can be my message for next Sunday or whether I have to wait till after the holidays. It comes from Luke chapter 9, and I want you to hear this. Just work with me now on regular things, like seeing whether this is a pandemic or a pandemic, seeing oh, okay. whether uh, the election was stolen or whether it was just mail-in ballots, you know, or whatever. Yeah, the, the things going on around us The things us going right on now. in America today. Yeah. The other thing is things going on in your church, things going on in your family, things going on in your personal relationship with Jesus. Why, Jesus, have I not been able to blank 
quit this addiction or overcome this or get the promotion or whatever the case might be. So if you go to Luke chapter 9 and you start in verse 43, verse 43 says this, it says, and they were all amazed at the greatness of God. And then everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did. He then said to his disciples, are you you getting the context now? Yeah, yeah. God's doing some amazing things in their life. And this is what Jesus says. He said, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Now, when the Lord says that, you'd think our ears would perk up and that they would actually be open to what he's got to say, right? You might want to pay attention, yeah. He said, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, verse 45. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it and they were afraid to ask him about it. And then you know what starts in verse 46? An argument started among the disciples as to which one of them would be the greatest. So here's the deal. If you have humbled yourself and you are humbling yourself before the Lord, it will be a way for him to open your eyes. And what happens? Sometimes you see different things. Sometimes you see faults in others that you had let slide. Sometimes you see things in your own life that need to be corrected. And sometimes you just see the truth about certain things. I'm talking about the whole gamut here. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about, um, you know, politics. I'm talking about uh, everything, everything that you can possibly think of. You could narrow it down to your world and you have to ask yourself, are you seeing it correctly? And I think one of the first things that falls away is when you start beating your chest. My rights are this, and I was wrong, and and I because I was wronged, I get justice. And it's like, no, maybe you got to tone it back a little bit because there is a do justly. There is a love justice. There is a part of that, but there's a love mercy in the middle of it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. There's a balance. There's a balance. And I think your eyes get opened when you hear what the Lord says. And if you are not in that position, you can't even see it. So what do I call that? I call that a divine blockage. And I think, and I'm saying all of that to say, yes, you can put this in your personal life. Hope I'm not confusing. You can put this in your personal life. But in our American landscape, political life, across the board, I am seeing divine blockage everywhere where people can't see what Jesus is telling them. They cannot see the truth. They can't even, I mean, for a while, the the Satan soldiers, the demonic crowd was actually trying to convince people to wear two and then three masks at one time. And there was a report that came out that some people at the CDC actually did this as a joke to see how gullible people in the world were. My (laughs) thankfulness is that the pandemic slash pandemic is not uh, just an American thing. It's a worldwide thing. So you got to look at all the different things happening. The point I'm trying to make is that there can be divine blockage. And what does the Bible say when you know the truth? Once you learn the truth, when you're in a humble state and your eyes are open and your ears are open and you hear the truth, it will set you free. Well, that's why it's so important to get into God's word and to read and to know and to absorb the things he's done because the things he has done, he will do again. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll be able to see that consistency. We'll be able to see his character. We'll be able to see his activity unfold before us, but we can't see it. 
we'll have that blockage if we don't go back and you know you, know, you talked about that with history you were talking about how history can make a big difference and if you don't know your history know your history even your, your local we, we just did a heritage thing about the local history of our town and that kind of sprung the conversation of know your history yeah if like you said you're doomed to repeat it if you don't remember and so don't forget and it was very interesting kind of insightful i started thinking about that we had a we have a lot of very old historic homes in our community mm-hmm. and they're beautiful and so every year there is actually a historical association that puts together a christmas tour where different people different families throughout the community volunteer to get their homes their historic homes all decorated up and then allow the community to come in and tour their and run them homes. over <laughs> No. Oh, tour, tour. That's tour right. Tour their homes. It's really, <laughs> it's really a great community thing. However, what I found was people from all over. I mean, people from other states came yeah. to participate. Our in church this. was lucky enough to be in it, and we had over four hundred and some or five hundred some people come through our church in two yeah. afternoons. Now, our church is a converted car dealership, so there's a lot of history there. There, you know. Just the different people who worked there and how they converted it from selling and servicing cars to now a place to come and worship. A lot of history. Very interesting. But we had so many people, like you said, Chris, we're estimating, we don't know for sure, at least 500 people Mm -hmm. walked through in the course of 24 hours. And it's like it's kind of written on the hearts of men you know where they want to remember the past they they are amazed when they go into the historic homes they love to see those vintage photos and little artifacts from years gone by and that nostalgia there's something in us that god created that makes us want to go back and remember and it's really important it's foundational because god says in his word remember 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 i don't know how many times he says it But he says it a lot. Remember your history. Remember what I've done. Don't forget. Go back to those those things that you first learned and hang on to those things because those things in the past help you chart the course for the future. You know, it's just like a map. You're out on on a sailboat. You have to know where you've been in order to determine you know, where you are right now in this vast body of water. If you don't have that information, you will have no idea where you are. So it just was really striking for me to see all the people coming through and wanting to know the history of the church, wanting to see these old homes and wanting to remember um, days gone by. Remember the past. Yeah. In the Old Testament, it says, do not move the boundaries of your forefathers. And there's a lot of context in there. I've heard different sermons on that, different, you know, people exegeting that type of text. But the bottom line point for me is if you remember the past and you hold tight to it, it will be a blessing to you. Right. You can also, like everything else, even do that in air and yeah, hold on to old traditions. Yeah, yeah hold on to old that. traditions way too long. But on the same token, you still have to have an authority. And our moral authority is God's word. And in God's word, He's telling us 
there's a divine blockage that can happen. And so ask God for eyes to see and ears to hear. And I cannot see that happening outside of a humble state. I mean, that's where I've grown the most is during the humbling times. So this holiday season, it's really a time of the year where we do tend to go back to tradition, go Mm -hmm. back to what we've done in years past, go back and get together with the people that we haven't uh, communed with in a while and remember our family's heritage and history and so on. And just remember that that principle is something that we must hang on to with the Lord Jesus Christ as well and knowing our Heavenly Father. Let this not just be a time of holding on to traditions, but holding on to what God has promised through the Messiah. He has promised a second coming. He's coming again. Mm -hmm. And we can focus on that as a priority really and discernment some traditions you know that's all they are and you can't hold on to them too tight others endear them you know hold them endearly to your heart and execute them we have a couple traditions at christmas that i i can't wait for almost every year and i can never see them becoming bad right you know what i'm saying yeah so looking at both sides of the coin here well that's going to do it for us today on this very hectic december 6th and we just wish you the best by the way one year ago yesterday emily broke her leg in 12 places and (laughs) merry christmas and the doctor came out and talked to me and he said she will walk again and i'm like well there was a question he's like oh yeah this thing was shattered. And so we had a lot of you folks praying. Many of you listening were praying. It's a year later, and Emily is back to almost 100%. About yeah. as 100% as you can get with you know, the hardware you got in your leg. Yeah, exactly. So it is really happy anniversary to me. Yeah. You know? So thank you to everybody. You did pray. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. I really, really do. Long-form teaching coming in the middle of the week, and we wish you the very best. Don't forget, reach out to us, upper left-hand corner of BibleIdiots.com. is an email address. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris. Get into the Word of God today and go and serve your King.